0: Broadcasting live from Ant-Man, The Waste of Walton, this is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Seamus Connolly.
1: And I am Garrett Strother.
0: And if that confusing intro wasn't enough to tip you off, we are talking about two ant-man movies today the original two ant-man movies in preparation for the release of quantumania which i am hearing weirdly divisive things about it almost makes me want to watch it more but it was a good excuse to come revisit these movies because i i always end up liking them more than i remember
1: i am fond of the ant-men well (laughs) the the one ant-man and the ant-man and the the wasp of course
0: because they will not keep to a consistent it's a very confusing. Naming I mean,
1: like I don't mind it, but it's a little confusing, <laughs> I think. And I think if no, this is podcast talk. This, this is, is main segment
0: talk. talk. This oh is, yeah, this is we we're, we're just going to refer to it as Ant Man Two anyway. I'm sure. But yeah. first, we we should jump into the news.
1: Well, first up, beloved character actor Richard Belzer, best known for his role as detective slash sergeant slash whatever cop rank he happens to be on whatever series he's on john munch has passed away it's kind of remarkable i would imagine he's one of the longest running consistent tv characters of all time
0: yeah it's been through so many different series that he has been a consistent regular and a uh, pretty much a fan favorite through a lot of what he's done on the on all these different crime shows so it, it is impressive
1: And we're going to be talking about him. We're going to spend a weird, weirdly short amount of time talking about him right now because we are going to dive in a little bit more on the background of John Munch and what makes him such a cultural icon and Richard Belzer's contribution to that role over in our pop culture reference segment.
0: But there's a new noise on the horizon. How many different noises are we going to run into <laughs> in this
1: in this news segment of ours? I keep calling the button guy, and he's like, dude, you got to stop <laughs> calling me. And I'm like, sorry, you got to install another one. This one's big and red, and it's got a white N on it. And it sounds and like
0: da-dong over and over <laughs> again, maybe. We'll see what I come up with later. <laughs>
1: We didn't talk about this beforehand, but it's a Netflix nuisance, everybody. Netflix, oh God, oh! Ah! Uh, Why do I
0: always sound like I'm on fire? God.
1: (laughs) Uh, well, Netflix—it's gone. It's gone the way of of so many things, uh, so many streaming services. The bubble—you know—we've been talking about Netflix going under and raising prices and da da da, da—but they've gone the way of HBO Max, and they have actually started pulling their own content off of their streaming service. Notably, uh, Arrested Development, including seasons 4 and 5, which Netflix itself produced off of their streaming service. What a waste.
0: My God. I remember such excitement. Like, I I was always an Arrested Development fan. Like, I watched my parents' DVDs of the first three seasons when I was growing up. And I always, always loved it. And it was such a big deal when their revival was happening on Netflix. And I mean, you know, love it or hate it, season four. I, I at least loved that remix a lot more than the original. And I am so sad to see that this is another one of the mega streaming services sacrifices to nothing. You know, it's it's just it's good content from good actors, very funny stuff that's just going to be gone
1: forever, pretty much. I mean, I'm sure they're pulling it to license it to Hulu or something. I mean, Arrested Development, they're not going to pull for a tax write-off. People are watching Arrested Development still. But it's just such a shame that no matter where you go you're not going to be able to know what streaming service a first-party streaming service series is on.
0: Yeah, it's it's confusing and sad. And, I mean, will it still say... A, a, will it be, like, a semi-Netflix original then bumped up with a semi-Hulu original?
1: <laughs> like it's um, it's I, so many different I, things. I'm assuming the Netflix production company logo stays at the front just like it normally would. But, yeah, it's so... It's a very strange decision, especially because that was one of the first series that got revived like this, which is Mm. so common now. But it was also back when Netflix was really hot, and they were, you know, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black were hit shows, and we were like, wow... Uh, Netflix is going to take Arrested Development and bring it back because we need more Arrested Development and then it ended up being, you know, the first real Netflix disappointment which we've gotten very used to.
0: Yeah, I I I'm sure this isn't the last Netflix nuisance that we're going to have to cover on this show. I think it's just it's a it's a house of cards itself just collapsing and I'm I'm sad that Arrested Development is like the first Thing that That's getting the chopping block here I mean it, it's just It goes to show that that attitude At Netflix of like If this isn't the next Stranger Things We're canceling it, we're cutting it people are getting, you know, wrapping up your show 5 seasons earlier than planned. We're we're getting rid of it. It's
1: it's very sad. Then again, the more of their stuff that they take off their streaming service and license to other people, the the more likely I am to just cancel my Netflix. You know what? That's so, a good
0: point, honestly, that I, cuz I again, I love Arrested Development, but if I could just get it anywhere else now, that that's that's probably what I'm going to be doing.
1: But there is some more unfortunate netflix news here and i'll let you talk about this shamus because uh, i know yes. you're the one who, who's crestfallen about it that the gorillas <laughs> movie has been canceled at netflix well crestfallen
0: is an interesting way to put it because i think if you listen back to whatever ancient episode where we talked about this movie getting greenlit at netflix i fully said that it was gonna get canceled before <laughs> it came out i'm pretty sure i had no hope at all this, this is just another in the graveyard of like the the Adult Swim Gorilla's show and the Gorilla's web series and the 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 other movies that were were canceled. It's I can't say that I'm surprised, I guess, especially because of how Netflix has been treating their animation department as of late. I I kind of I guess I should have seen this coming even more, but I uh, I hope one day we'll <laughs> get something, but as of now, it is an interesting bit of timing that this was announced uh, less than a week before their the new Gorillaz album drops, I think tomorrow even, as, a, as of the day of recording, so I, I have faith that we'll one day get something, but in the meantime, they've been putting out some pretty banger music that I, I cannot complain about at all, so I'm... Overall, I'm I'm doing okay, and I hope it is at a better place eventually than Netflix.
1: At this point, they're gonna be lucky to get a Gorilla's Munch cereal tie-in. So. Exactly,
0: exactly. They're, they've already they've got the lines recorded. I'm sure <laughs> he, he works <laughs> with everybody once.
1: <laughs> do you like do you like Gorilla's Munch or Gorilla Munch? Do you like Gorilla Munch? is cereal you enjoy. I was gonna say that
0: sounds like a delicious cereal. I don't <laughs> know what flavor it is, but it sounds very good. good.
1: I. You know, I don't know either. It's kind of like Kix. Um, they <laughs> sold it at Trader cereal. Joe's when I was a kid. I, d- I um. thought you
0: were doing a bit. I didn't know this was a real cereal. No, this
1: is a real cereal. It's right next to the Panda <laughs> Puffs, which Panda Puffs are peanut butter, which makes sense.
0: That 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 does make
1: sense. That Here, let me let, let me let me let you know. Hold hold on. What <laughs> flavor is Gorilla? Uh. <laughs> Oh, uh, they're running uh, out of
0: the time out of time for the real product placement <laughs> tie-in. Now that that it's, uh, it's never going to come out.
1: It is crunchy corn balls. That's, that's that how sounds it's advertised.
0: Like, that is not an appetizing setting cereal, Garrett. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't it's know. It's
1: good. I liked it. I liked it when um when the milk would saturate them just enough that like the <laughs> like the like some of it would be soggy, but some of it would be like hard and like. It would like almost like suction like the holes in the cereal would almost like suction cup to the inside of your mouth. You are an
0: absolute anomaly, Garrett Strawler. There's at least one listener who's like eating this cereal, <laughs> listening to this episode, be like, Yeah, oh yeah, I totally get it.
1: So yeah, coming soon to a Trader Joe's near you Gorilla's Munch. And
0: not coming to Netflix anymore Gorilla's movie, just to be clear. If anyone was confused about the gorilla talk, that, that is that is the facts.
1: Um, well, I think Gorilla Talk sounds a little bit more like, ooh,
0: ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Gorilla Talk is our other podcast where we debate, uh, different exhibits at zoos, gorillas, pieces of music, uh, cereal brands, you
1: know. And every, and every single one of them is recorded live in a rainforest cafe. Oh,
0: I wish. Do they even exist anymore? I only knew of the one in Chicago, and I, I miss at, it dearly. Well,
1: there was the one downtown by the Rock and Roll McDonald's, and then there was the one at the Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg, which also closed. Oh, so,
0: sadness. Is there, I, I miss it. There's miss one it. at the
1: Mall of America. Um, we could go there. Minnesota? Is that where that is? Yeah, Minneapolis.
0: All right, that, there's a road trip right there to the Rainforest Cafe.
1: On the way. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, this isn't a gorilla we, gas. Wait, we, we're talking about gorillas? We're talking about Detective Munch? Gorilla Munch?
0: Yeah, man, I thought that's the bit we were doing. What? That
1: wasn't the bit that I was doing until just now. I just <laughs> realized that we were talking about Munch. You
0: absolutely, I can't understand, I don't know if you're <laughs> screwing with me right now. That is the, the weirdest thing that has ever happened. Um, right, right over your gorilla head, Garrett. Jesus.
1: I do love gorillas. <laughs> the band? The animal? The cereal? <laughs> the animal. The animal. The other things are fine, too.
0: The other things are fine. Oh, You know
1: what I like even more than I like gorillas, Seamus? What's that, Garrett? Ants.
0: Oh, ants. Oh, hell yeah. The best promo of any movie of all time. Oh, Let's get into our main segment, the Ant-Man movies, before we talk more about ants. And then I start <laughs> hamboning. Hamboning with my chest and knee. Oh. Ugh. <laughs>
1: For today's main segment, we're going to be talking about the films Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp in preparation for the upcoming movie that Seamus and I will not be seeing, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I I
0: always enjoy revisiting these movies, Garrett. I, I think they're some of the most fun mcu movies i think i think they're easy to watch i don't, I don't they're, they're not so heavy even though the second one kind of tries to be heavy a little bit and doesn't really get there i love paul rudd with my whole heart i don't know How if we've ever talked not? about yeah okay we're on the same we're on the same rudd page here he, he's great in everything and i think specifically as scott lang he he's got a great energy to him for as many characters that are supposed to have this kind of, like, quippy energy, he's just so naturally funny in these movies that it's it's hard to not just give it to him automatically,
1: you know? I think that I've always been like, yeah, the Ant-Man movies are fun distractions, mm. and now in an era where Marvel hasn't been putting out anything I've liked <laughs> in years... It's amazing how much that first Ant Man. Rewatching it for this show, which I don't think I'd seen since the movie theater. I saw. I think I saw it twice in the movie theater, and then that's it. That first Ant Man is great. I, Absolutely. It's not like you know. It's not a masterpiece or anything, but I think it has what well, one actually vibrant colors, which is kind of crazy. I was like, man, that Baskin Robbins <laughs> shirt is really pink. It was like, the red pops. Uh, I was like shouldn't you be putting shouldn't you be putting like a gray filter over <laughs> all this? Um they have their own personality and even though like you said Ant-Man and the Wasp gets a little bit more into stuff that I don't care for that I suspect Quantum Mania leans even mm. further into the stuff that works for me in Ant-Man is largely still present in Ant-Man and the Wasp it's just less of it and the story isn't as streamlined yeah, yeah, I, I,
0: I definitely feel it. I, I, when I look back on Ant-Man and the Wasp, I feel like it's just, like, one big blob of a movie. Like, timeline-wise, plot-wise, I feel like everything is just kind of whatever. The Like, the heist stuff in the first one is so tight, if not even a little light on the heist stuff. Like, I, I almost wanted a little more. There but, should, like
1: There should be more heist stuff, because I think... People, especially in, like, 2015, the era that Ant-Man came out, that was, I feel like, the height of people being like, Marvel's really cool because they don't just do superhero movies, they do blank, but it's a superhero (laughs) movie. And I feel like the thing I've heard that the most about is Ant-Man is a heist movie, but it's also a superhero movie. And I wish that they stuck with the heist stuff more, because the heist, I agree, at the beginning of the first Mm Ant-Man is... Very solid, totally. And I like. I think part of the real appeal to me of Ant- both of the Ant Man movies is they feel really scrappy. They feel like okay, we we have three things that we can do. We can we can <laughs> we can have things get big. We can have things get small and we can use the ants, and that's <laughs> it. And I, I think those are very refreshing superhero mechanics in a, in a Marvel world where it's all just punching and flying and, and more punching. And
0: You need a thing? Tony Stark's got a thing that can make it, you know? Exactly. like Everything is within the grasp of all of the main characters because they're friends with either a god who can just do a
1: thing or the rich Iron Man, and he can do it for you with no problems. So even though the heist that happens, at, without getting too into spoilers, at the end of the first Ant-Man, it still, ref- even though I wish it were more heisty, and I wish it were more involved, mm. I wish we were leading more into the Ocean's Eleven vibe that they kind of have at the beginning of this movie, I really am refreshed by, we're still doing things very differently than the other Marvel movies do. We're still really taking yeah. a, a distinct swing at, at a story and at a sequence. Yeah, I, I always, that, and
0: it makes me want to watch Quantumania a little more, looking back on these movies, rewatching them for this episode, because it's hard for me, because when they go wrong in these movies, they're never ever really going that wrong, it's more of like an absence of something that they're already doing that you want more of, or a little bit of expansion, but I don't know, it's, it's hard to think that this new one is going to kind of scratch that same itch as, like, low-level, bare-bones. Like you said, it's Ant-Man. Sometimes the Wasp is there. We have the one, the two suits or whatever. It's it, it feels like it might be going off the walls a little more than what I like these characters, their situations to be in.
1: Well, and I'm sure there are... The majority of the people listening to this have probably seen Quantumania by the time they listen to it, so we're going to sound like dummies. From what I hear... <laughs> like Luis and the rest of the X-Con guys are not in quantum mania ne- and neither is Judy Greer or Bobby, Bobby Cannavale. No and I'm kidding. like, what's the point of having an Ant-Man movie? Because those are the characters that I love. I don't, I don't care about the quantum realm. I don't care about the science. <laughs> yeah. I barely care about Hank Pym and, and, and Hope Van Dyne barely, like barely. Yeah, I care about yeah. the actors exactly. more than I care about the characters. And I mean, eventually Lily, what, all the anti vax, whatever you know oh but, boy, that's um the mcu's like, at it again i liked them. her on i liked her on lost and so oh that's
0: why okay that's why i don't know yeah. her and that's why you like her got it
1: yeah correct but i i like the light-hearted family-oriented kind of saccharine nature of We've got the the family unit that's uh, it's mm. non-traditional, but it's still sweet and tight-knit and together in Judy Greer and uh, Bobby C- C- Cannavale, whose name I can never say right <laughs> the first time I try to, and, and little Cassie Lang. I like that group. And I, of course, I think the thing that everybody liked the first time that first movie came out was... Luis because Michael Peña is hilarious and he's, yeah, he's so, so funny. good. And I think one of the things that gives these movies the personality that they have that set them apart from the other Marvel movies is the the playfulness of his little tangents and the kinds of remarks that he makes that aren't the, the type of humor that Marvel usually goes with and have a directorial flair, which is weird mm. thing to say about Peyton Reed <laughs> who doesn't seem to know anything about blocking <laughs> Which is probably, this is a mean, it's a mean thing to say, but I just, I don't think these movies are shot particularly well, but they make up for it with the inventiveness of their sequences mm. and charm of their characters, except for for Hank Pym and Hope Van Dyne. Right, yeah,
0: they, unfortunately indeed. I, I love the, the X con friend group. I feel like I'm very sad to learn that we're probably not going to be seeing them in in this next one that that is about i I was ready to see luis try to like recap things from the regular world in the quantum realm to like a
1: weird bug monster guy you know that's what you need that's ant-man but also i don't care about spending time in the quantum realm every (laughs) time they're in the quantum realm in ant-man and the wasp which we're we're tackling these basically together i think oh yeah oh yeah um I, I snooze wake me up bring me back ant-man should be making pez dispensers big and batteries <laughs> big and cars small and putting them in your hot wheels case that's ant-man and i don't care about whatever's going to on down in the quantum realm with your weird dune ripoff world <laughs> like i don't i want the fun i don't want the world ending avengers level threat that they're cramming into quantum mania
0: cuz i was so excited about like the kang stuff when loki was coming out and we were we were kind of totally. getting the bits and pieces of it but now that it's all at once now i i find myself caring a whole lot less about it and and that's sad cuz we this is a podcast where we we like loki we like jonathan majors big time you like Jonathan Majors? This is a Jonathan Majors cast but it really like, kind of is. We talk about him a lot. He's in a lot of stuff. He's good at a lot of stuff for sure. But like, Great uh, three out next week. Oh yeah, there it is. There it is. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I agree with you. This seems like too big of a of a thing to be zeroing on. Leave it for Loki. Loki's all about the weird Kang stuff for now. Totally. I don't know.
1: I'm like, just leave me the one thing that I was. You know, the one little piece of fun that was left in this universe give it back to me please because like i just i just don't care and i want to care because i like these movies and i like ant-man and i think that I, i alluded to this not only during our earlier in our main segment here but also during our intro to the show which is I call it Ant-Man 2 and I think I would this sounds really bad but I think I would be less resistant to calling it Ant-Man and the Wasp if I cared about the Wasp more because I no, don't I know I get it there I mean
0: it's not your fault cuz I feel like she barely gets to even do even with her name in the title as the second lead I feel like she doesn't get many interesting things to do in that second movie
1: and I feel like she doesn't have a personality her not personality really, yeah. is like to be cold And, you know, she has conflict with characters, like, she's, like, mad at her dad for not telling her about her mom and stuff like that, but she's not, she's not, like, Scott has so many little quirks that Mm -hmm. make him compelling and charming and, you know, seem like a fully formed character, like so many of the other characters. I would even argue judy greer has better characterization than hope does which is kind of crazy because judy greer's barely in these movies <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that is you're not wrong i, I would like to maybe get into spoilers because i feel like a lot of the family stuff family family exactly when vin diesel shows up we gotta get we gotta give the spoilers for the vin diesel cameo <laughs>
1: <laughs> vin diesel should have been modok probably vin Diesel should have been me? thanos bro
0: he should have been like the big guy Any CG guy that's not Rocket (laughs) Raccoon
1: in in the Marvel movies should just be Vin Diesel. Just I I always
0: forget that he's Groot, and then I'm like, what should he be in the MCU? He should be something huge, right?
1: Yo, soy Groot. (laughs) God. All right. Well, let's. uh, What do you say? Spoilers? Do we do we want to? Is there is there wrap up thoughts for for Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp? Non spoil. I guess if you've listened this far, you probably have seen these movies, and also. What is there to spoil really? So yeah, let's go ahead. Let's just break the damn. Let's let's let's
0: do it. What are you what are you thinking? What do you think in first? I guess like let's slap them together like you said. There there's maybe less to talk about about the second one. I feel like I I wish um, there was more big ant-man and we only get him a couple times. Not even once, not even in one of his movies and then very little amount of big ant-man
1: in Ant-Man 2 and that makes me sad. I don't really big Ant-Man is not as interesting to me as little Ant-Man so I don't really mind that. I'm al- I've always
0: been a big Ant-Man guy. I've always said that, Gary. You know this about me. I'm al- I'm always a big Ant-Man dude. <laughs> I do know that actually. I <laughs> that's like the part of Infinity War that jo- drops my jaw is, w- is when he's like punching stuff
1: as big Ant-Man and I'm I'm all about that. You mean Civil War or Endgame, one of the two oh, that he's oh, actually in? And Endgame
0: is what I'm thinking of. The big okay. clash where he's just lumbering through a battlefield as Big Ant-Man. That yes, is what I, I'm there
1: for. I sat next to you during Endgame. I remember when he got big <laughs> in Endgame and you were like, yes! Oh, dude, I love it. I love it so much. I, I do I do like it. I just don't think that it's as funny as a lot of the small stuff. Like, the sound design when he gets small and mice sound like rhinoceroses <laughs> yeah yeah and you know the 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 little tiny car motors that sound <laughs> that sound so small the stampede and... of ant feet and
0: stuff that is just, it, it i hate i love the little ant relationship stuff but i hate it makes my skin crawl the ant stuff it reminds me of like the crystal skull
1: really i most of the time really find it charming like i love At the end of the first Ant-Man, when all the flying ants come in to evacuate the worker (laughs) ants. And they're like, yeah, we're all in this together, guys. (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, they grow on me for sure. But then, like, when we get down to, like, the giant ant that they keep as a pet at the end of the first one, I'm like, no, thank you. This is the worst.
1: This sucks. But I think that is so well set up by Cassie (laughs) loving ugly, gross things. I think that's so funny at the end, when she, when she pets it and gives it some food under the table. Yeah, I I mean, it, again, it's cute. And I do
0: also, I love little little Cassie Lang. But, uh, I don't know, it creeps me out still. I still shed a tear when aunts, named ants get assassinated, oh, like, mid-flight. It, it makes me so Anthony sad.
1: with that wing. <laughs> oh, R.I.P., oh. bro, that's so sad. I remember when my buddy Sean, who was not by any means up on Marvel stuff, was like we were uh, there There were a few guys that were all going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp together mm-hmm. while I was home for the summer and Sean was going to come and he's like I haven't seen Ant-Man or Infinity War do I need to see those and I was like yeah you need to probably <laughs> need to see those before you go see Ant-Man and the Wasp which that's another reason I think Ant-Man and the Wasp feels kind of weird and it feels better now than it did when it came out is because it, you know, this the biggest, most life-changing, mm. dark thing that's ever happened in Marvel happened. we were like, time for an Ant-Man movie. Like
0: four <laughs> months later? It was so soon. It was it so was soon. Crazy.
1: But I remember him texting me when Antony died and being like, oh. Tell me why the death has affected <laughs> me most in a Marvel movie is this flying ant. Dude, it's
0: tragic. It, it That is truly tragic. He gets shot with a bullet, right? He just gets obliterated.
1: <laughs> Corey Stoll shoots
0: Dude. him with a bullet. Ah, oh, so absolutely tragic. Corey Stoll, though, love him. Crazy bad guy? Give it to me in a, in a small scale. Just make him a psychopath that zaps
1: sheep. I'm into it. Also, I remember him being really nothing in that movie. And not that he's not, I mean, not, not Corey Stoll's performance, just the character. Mm-hmm. Whose name I can't even come up with, honestly. Cross, it's Darren cross darren cross and which is a bad name that's part (laughs) of the problem but honestly, I thought that his, you know, it wasn't. Again, it, it's, it's. I gotta say this a lot. This episode, it wasn't a masterpiece, but it got the job done. Like he has the, he has the rivalry with with Hank, mm. and he kind of want. He clearly kind of wants to sleep with Hope, and you could see the crazy going and building up in his brain. And I just, I think it works. I do. Just it, it really works because. Ant Man understands a thing that no Marvel movies anymore understand, which is the the plot of the superhero movie. If not good, should at least be serviceable to the point mm. that it is a it is a clothesline on which to hang entertainment, on which to on which to hang sequences and jokes, and characters that are fun and engaging to the audience. And as long as you can get from point A to point B in a satisfying manner, that's all that matters. Yeah,
0: I I think you're exactly right. It feels like when it drops off a little bit with the stuff with Hank and, and Hope that I think we kind of both feel it, it kind of makes up for it with I in in my mind I, I like that weird corporate rivalry that like mentor mentee bitterness that they kind of sneak in there. character wise for the old yellow jacket but yeah I don't know I think that you're, you're not wrong that it's just kind that is that is gone with the wind in, in a lot of my that I mean that's probably why we're so tired of it all now it feels like the stories themselves don't matter when in some Thing like these movies, even the second one, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about soon, like, there are there are things we can work with story-wise that keep us engaged, and at least, like, appreciating the merit behind it, instead of just, like, the slog of what the modern stuff
1: is. Yeah, because, I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which you just brought up, the bad guys, quote-unquote, are compelling. I think they're interesting, I think they're right, which is part of the problem with that movie, is yeah, dude, like, she's messed up, and she needs your yeah. equipment, and you guys are just like nah. I mean, they should have asked for help probably before just trying to kill you. But sure, sure. But that um, that lady
0: was living in actual agony. That's that's a pretty the the whole like physical phasing
1: thing oh, affliction
0: is pretty dark. Like in the in the concepts of what Ant Man movies bring to the table.
1: She does a really good job, I think, of making you feel that pain whilst and and like seeing how it drives her while remaining like really sympathetic, but. Also, menacing at the same time. Like, it's a really good balancing act that that actor is carrying on really well. Lawrence Fishburne, kind of just a waste of (laughs) Lawrence Fishburne. I I hate to say it. He has nothing to do.
0: That's what I always think is that they just like, he could have been something entertaining, even. He's just like a guy that they meet up with, like, twice.
1: I feel like when they wrote that character in, their intention was, and I, this is pure speculation i have nothing to back this up i feel like their intention was this is a guy that we can like bring back in other movies like scars guard in the thor movies and he could just mm. be like the he could be our scientist guy and he knows things about quantum and, and <laughs> all the other stuff everyone's and, a
0: scientist who knows about quantum in this goddamn <laughs> guind- franchise
1: know oh it's annoying it's so it's so it's just sad because it's nothing and Lawrence Fishburne I mean he's he he has the sympathy which I like that you can see how much he cares but you can see the humanity of him and that he's able to get through the one dimensionality of his role a little bit because he is such a talented actor Mm -hmm. and I will say I remember seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp in the well I remember seeing the original Ant-Man in the theater and kind of having this thought but Ant-Man and the Wasp was the first time that I really remember being like, wow, that's young Michelle Pfeiffer, that's young Lawrence Fishburne, that's crazy, they're in this movie.
0: Yeah, wait, didn't they do that with um, Michael Douglas too?
1: Yeah, they do it, I mean, but it just doesn't look as good as the other two, I don't (laughs) think. Right, okay. Like, he looks a little bit more rubbery, and maybe that's partially because they're probably reusing some of the same assets from the first mm-hmm. Ant-Man, where he looks a little rubbery. But, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne and Michelle Pfeiffer look so convincing. Especially Lawrence Fishburne. I think it looks like archive footage. Um, yeah, not that, not that all well three done. of them don't still look good, you know,
0: but... that's probably That probably helps with the whole it, process. It then. probably
1: helps. But it's just crazy how, how good that stuff looks. And, you know, maybe that's part of the reason they got somebody like Lawrence Fishburne, because they're like, we've got lots of archive <laughs> yeah. footage from him uh, around that Time just like I mean the other time I remember thinking that that around that same time is Guardians of Galaxy two where 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 Kurt Russell's young and it looks like young Kurt Russell and we're like man that's young (laughs) Kurt Russell.
0: Yeah, th- th- I think that is, I mean, uh, one of the few shiny things. Because, l- like we kind of mentioned up top, too, one of the things that I remember most about that second Ant-Man movie is the waste of Walton Goggins, who should have also been a huge character in the MCU that would have gotten me to come back <sighs> yeah. every movie,
1: you know? Walton Goggins' Silver Surfer?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Walton Goggins' Modoc. Put that big face on a, a pair of tiny Actually, arms and legs. Are he... you kidding me? Yeah,
1: I do... <laughs> I mean, I don't think Jason Alexander's a bad choice for Modoc personally, but again, I'm not seeing the movie yet, so I can't speak to it. I mean, this movie's plot is just, there's three plots, and I'm not invested in <laughs> yeah. any of them, and at least two of them are kind of compelling. Well, actually, well, yeah, no, there's three plots, because there's kind of, because the, I was gonna say there's kind of four plots, but the trying to get Janet out of the quantum mm. realm and Scott being under house arrest are the same plot, really, and of all of the plots, the least compelling of them is the Walton Goggin stuff, which I think that could have been remedied and I'm not the first person to say this and I think you and I have probably already had this conversation before is it should have been Sam Rockwells Justin Hammer and that would have solved a lot of this movie's oh, problems. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know if we've talked about that but that makes complete sense to me. That would have been a very similar feel and then you could have saved our boy Walton for for something something a little more meaty.
1: And that way if you have it being not that I need because I think one of the pleasures of the first Ant-Man is how not connected it is. To the other Marvel movies Mm. Because I was watching it last night And I was like oh, yeah, there's, like, Falcons in this. We can just, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, that um, was, like, that is almost always a genuine surprise to me. I mean, it's not, like, really a surprise, but I'm, I've am i got that same feeling of, like, wow, this is the one real big cameo, and it feels like a real big cameo because there's, like, nothing else outside of this Ant-Man bubble that, that really worms its way in.
1: And that's part of what makes... We'll get back to Justin Hammer in a second, I promise. <laughs> okay, But okay. that's part of what makes that end credits tease so interesting and so exciting is that ant-man has been so isolated this whole movie there's been like passing references to the avengers and that one sequence with falcon and then you have this dour serious post credit scene where with Captain America and the Winter Soldier and it's like hey I know a guy that can help us out and that's so fun and exciting and cool and I mean I think just as fun and exciting and cool is the Luis ending the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he said, yes! And he said, Love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the best ending line oh, it's so of good. <laughs> any Marvel property. But yeah, that stuff works because this tone is so light and fun and separate from the rest of Marvel that it's more exciting when it gets folded in, which I think that they have lost sight of that. That making things more connected and making them more tonally similar, it loses the novelty of like, oh, the characters that are different are together now. Because Thor and Captain America the first Avenger those are such different movies in such completely different worlds with such completely different looks Mm. and tones and then you put those two characters together and it's fun and exciting because it's new and I think Ant-Man captures that same excitement even when you get to Endgame I think weirdly when Ant-Man shows up he's still been kept separate enough even though he was in Civil War Mm. but his tone is so different you're like oh yeah like this is weird you know when when he's sitting there talking to Tony stark about time travel (laughs) (laughs) this is this is exciting you know to have that team up moment so anyway to get back to not that I want these movies to be more interconnected because I like that Ant-Man kind of stands on its own terms. I think that having Justin Hammer be there would have made it feel like it was part of a larger kind of conflict, ongoing Mm -hmm. thing in the MCU, and made that story not feel so incomplete. It just feels like, you know, there's more, there's kind of like how the Ten Rings guys are there in the 1st anime. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like a side thing. It's not really important that they're there, they're just a minor source of conflict. I feel like it could have been a little bit more akin to that, except with Justin Hammer. Just
0: yeah, it's, I I totally agree that that would have that would have plussed that up a, a lot, I think, and uh, a missed opportunity. Do we know what happened? Wasn't there a short with Justin Hammer at some point after yes, things? Um, and
1: the the All hail the King. Oh my goodness, I hate this. There is a short that I have no idea. It was back when they were still doing the Marvel one shots, and I don't know what Blu Ray it was on. So it's on Disney Plus. You can go watch it where it's the fake mandarin from iron man 3 in jail trevor slattery sir trevor slattery you know you remember more about (laughs) that movie than those movies that he's in plural because he's in the ten rings of course um of course and he's in prison and he's like you know the mandarin's looking for you he's not happy that you're whatever and i don't know what else happens in that Really? They, like, they kidnap him I think at the do end. They? Like, Oh yeah because that's when because then he's with uh, it, It's
0: like a weird mockumentary style like they're like interviewing him and then it turns out the interviewer is actually part actually, of the real Ten Rings yes. and
1: and at the very end of that short there is a like one off shot of Justin Hammer in the same prison so he could have escaped he could have escaped in time to do ant man 2 problem he he's he's been in prison since iron man 2 how many years ago was that That dude
0: so many other people have
1: escaped prison since then he's a rich powerful guy have a robot do it man i mean for all you know like maybe the prison he was in you know, everybody got dusted, Justin Hammer got dusted, and then they bulldozed the prison oh. because they didn't need so many prisons anymore because so many people were dead. Dude, that and is then... a genius
0: way to reincorporate characters that have been, you know, swept away. That is
1: that is genius. So, you know, Marvel, if you're looking for somebody to write a <laughs> Justin Hammer spin-off movie, I will do it.
0: Uh, I'd watch a Justin Hammer show, as dumb as that sentence
1: is. Uh, I... Other than, like, Loki Season 2, like, stuff that I'm already invested in, I don't know what it would take to get me to watch another Marvel show, to be honest.
0: Friendship with Secret Invasion over New Best Friend, Loki Season 2? You,
1: you over Secret Invasion? I thought Secret Invasion was a movie. I thought it was a show. No, you're right, it is a show. No, I'm <laughs> like, I'll watch Secret Invade. Stupid
0: Marvel. <laughs> Hey, that's what we said about Moon Knight, and I don't think either of us finished it.
1: Well, it was bad, so... Yeah, <laughs> I like, wanted to
0: like that show so much.
1: It's not, you know... I mean, Secret Evasion, who who knows? I might get two episodes into it, just like I got into Moon Knight, and be like... You only got two this episodes This is not worth in? my time, yeah. Oh, that's sad. Oh, good lord. I just don't... I don't care. I'm, I mean, Oscar Isaac, you're my boy, and... That's what I'm
0: saying. It should be good. Moon Knight is an interesting character, I just...
1: But, I mean... We haven't talked about this on air, and this it will really <laughs> be during the Ant Man episode. But when else would it be? Yeah, when um, else? What else? I didn't like the way it wrote the did. I did not think that worked well. I like. I thought that it like his performance was fine, but I didn't think like the core conflict was really mm. engaging. Kind of like Walton Goggins. I was like, this is a waste of Ethan Hawke. I was like, I'm not. Yeah, dude. Uh
0: what a shame. What an absolute shame.
1: But yeah, I don't... I mean, I will never finish that show. I will never... I <laughs> that will is never promise. finish that show. This is
0: a declaration on pop culture reference.
1: And if I do, unsubscribe. Like, the second you hear me say that, this show... Done. <laughs>
0: hey, man, we... Hey, we... Marathons happen every day in this country, Garrett. You don't know. You don't know what our twisted minds will come up. Sheamus,
1: with. I, I, I'm not gonna say we'll never do a Marvel marathon, but oh, be so uncomfortable. Part of the joy of our marathons are that they are that well, one usually like kind of like overlooked in one capacity or another. Have that we lecture, not
0: overlooked that? this entire phase of content, Garrett? We maybe
1: have. <laughs> I don't know if the world has. Um, maybe although, not. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, I think Ant-Man's underperforming, but also it's the number one mo- movie in the world right now. But also, Isn't what's this some competition? Disney? What's this competition? Yeah, um, I guess that's true. It's a know. Titanic re-release that, uh, that you and I never went to Ugh. go see, um, and The Witcher Storm prevented me from going without you. So I,
0: I would... I can definitively say I'd rather go see Titanic three D than Ant Man Three. You know, I, I think I, I still have more interest in, in that. I'm 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 more interested in seeing it after we've been talking about it for a minute now, I guess I'll say if 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 they can bring home some of the elements that we enjoyed from these first two,
1: i.e. But I ah. think I'm not seeing any I'm not seeing any evidence in the promotion or from what I've heard from other people that they do, because yeah. like we talked about, I'm more interested in the characters and the novelty of doing Ant-Man shenanigans in the real world than I am in the quantum realm or whatever's going on with the Avengers level Kang threat. I'll say this as good as I th- and I don't know all the behind the scenes drama about recasting Cassie for Quantumania. Mm. Because I because like the first article I read was like no she want she chose to like go to college instead of being in Quantum Mania but then I read that no they didn't even offer her the role before they Damn. gave it to Catherine I don't know I don't know so I'm not informed so this is that's not what I'm talking about um <laughs> but and I think that uh I think her name is like Emma Furman or something I don't even know who plays her in End Game does a great job in End Game I think that's that is one of the best parts of End Game I think is that scene where Scott gets back to the house yeah oh yeah and despite all that something that i was thinking while watching these movies last night is that little girl looks like katherine newton like she has oh like the yeah face sh- she has like the correct face shape to as Catherine newton so i think i think that's actually i think that's pretty good casting and i like Catherine newton i thought she was really good in freaky which i don't think you saw
0: I, I did not, but I mean, hey, this character's definitely gonna become a larger part of things now that she's roped into the Ant Man
1: verse. Oh, so it's I... gonna—it's the Young Avengers. Yeah, oh yeah, thing. for sure. Yeah. She's gonna
0: get hit but with a it's... quantum blast in the quantum realm and get some kind of dumb. She's yeah, gonna be suddenly gonna... a character that's been in the comics forever
1: yeah and i don't make Luis an avenger dude i don't don't. (laughs) well you know you know
0: my headcanon slash stolen reddit theory that there's a couple shots in endgame in the big battlefield where they cut to small ant-man and then they cut to a wide and there's big ant-man and my my thing that i cling on to is scott called up his boy and he threw him in the suit. to be like, all right, we need we need one big guy at least to That's to true. get up in there. I mean, and Luis had to step up.
1: Michael Douglas says that he can't get in the suit anymore because it hurts because he his little brain can't take it. Exactly. Um, there's
0: got to be another. There's got to be another Ant Man. So Luis
1: is Ant Man. Could be. Could be. I mean, I was very. I remember being very bummed. Not that that movie needed more characters, but being very bummed that Luis was not. In Endgame, even though his van obviously was—I
0: mean, could you imagine his little his little Luis freak out when he sees all of the different people that he knows as like celebrity superheroes?
1: It would, exactly. it would have been so fun. It, because I, my favorite part of Ant-Man and the Wasp, like definitively the best part to me is is the Luis car chase. Oh, and it's that so is much fun! Terrific when you see him get the hot wheel out of <laughs> yeah. the little case. He's one of the few characters where I actually still feel the thrill of like, oh, this is like superhero stuff. This is really cool. Because when everybody else is so nonchalant and quippy about everything, Luis is excited. Exactly. Is he's having excited. some
0: Ant-Man fun.
1: Or, uh, well, yeah, he's having some fun in there, yeah, you know? he's having tons of fun.
0: But you're I right, like, it's, it's like yeah. a weird symptom of like there's so much... In this universe, everything is probably based around superhumans and gods and aliens and everything. There's a werewolf in there, I think, at this point, and there's, there's oh, I a didn't, yeah, I
1: didn't see that. <laughs> I, I should, I even. actually do want to watch I, that.
0: I heard but... it was actually pretty solid, and it's only like forty-five minutes. I think is is yeah. another thing I heard. So that's that's probably worth the forty-five minutes, but. Yeah, to have Luis just be beaming at all the crazy things happening around him, it's its good to have in these movies that I'm sad is probably fully absent, unless there's, I mean, not even an after-credits scene in I Quantumania, to, again, right? I and, haven't
1: seen it, but I don't know. Regardless, Luis should be a big enough part of the movie that he's in the trailer. Regardless of whether yeah. or not he's technically in the movie, he should be in the movie more, probably. Agreed. Is my review of the agreed. movie I haven't seen.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, I mean well, yeah, this is all this isn't the quantumania episode which we'll no. never do, but I think I, I think I mean
1: I do think I don't I'm resistant to marathon because I just don't think I, that would be enjoyable for anybody <laughs> involved. It wouldn't, but but I do think that you and I will probably, before the next Avengers movie, do like a wrap up of things that we didn't bother to cover on this show and be like, we liked Quantum Media fine because we watched it at home and we didn't care. And <laughs> yeah, fuck. I was able to scroll
0: on Reddit for the 10 minutes that
1: were dumb. And yeah. by well, 10 oh, minutes, yeah. there I said. only 10 minutes that were dumb, <laughs> yeah. dumb. That'll be good.
0: That's wishful thinking. God, God help us.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I also like, like, the Baba... Like, they're actually scared of ghosts, like the Baba Yaga (laughs) that That is is
0: very... I I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Again, everything comes back to, like, the, the human characters, the friends, the family dynamic that I honestly love so much of. Like, there's obviously tension in the first movie, but by the time we get to all the subsequent... Scott with his daughter and ex-wife and stuff like it, it was all very wholesome and enjoyable and they they didn't need to add in all of the extra conflict when they they were able to very interestingly resolve it in that in that first movie i i, I don't know i we didn't. We didn't talk about Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo's up in here. No, Agent. he's fun.
1: I like him. Great I...
0: opening where he's trying to be intimidating but cannot find it in himself to not maybe go out to dinner with Paul Rudd. It's it's great.
1: Unfortunately, I think like he he's a necessary part of that movie. That like not that I think he should be in it more, but I think it showcases how much they need to cut. From that movie, or how much more they need to streamline <laughs> that movie that I'm that he is such an afterthought to me when he should be one of the main sources of like okay Scott needs to get back to the house tension that it, he's barely an afterthought to me yeah
0: it really should be like a like a sub catch me if you can but it's Jimmy Woo so it's fi- he's finding it very difficult to catch him doing things kind of that subplot. would be
1: very funny I yeah that would have been a way more Interesting subplot than than Walt Goggins, unfortunately, uh, th- whatever
0: his goons are doing, getting beaten up in a in a fight scene that is very m- unmemorable.
1: The true serum is fine. That's a fun bit, but it's only fun because it's Luis. It's not fun because of any other reason. Exactly, really. exactly. Uh,
0: wh- were you at all when when you first saw? ant-man and the wasp that that stinger at the end they they kind of try to do a similar thing of like it's a pretty decently wholesome and funny adventure and then they hit you with something hard at the end but the second ant-man and the wasp you know we've talked about how it's it's kind of got its it's massive list of problems that could have been cleaned up but that little uh dust snap ending where we we set up ant-man stuck in the in the quantum realm himself what did you think of that
1: I wish that Luis were there getting snapped so that I would care that any of those characters were. Yeah.
0: Uh, do we even know if he got snapped? Did he, did no,
1: we, that, that's the thing. We have no idea. That's why he should be in the, uh,
0: third one. god Oh, uh, God, somebody should be recapping to him in a fast voice what happened while he was snapped. That's and he so to...
1: fun. Like one of the like the Baba Yaga guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. taking that up. What if once you put a dime in him, you gotta let the song play out? You know. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious! That, I uh... yeah, I don't. I mean, Luis is I think actually genuinely one of my favorite characters in. Any of these movies, like top, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stake top five characters, top in any five of, these movies of for me. everyone. Yeah. That's pretty
0: high up there, but he D- in, he's a, in a franchise with
1: two hundred characters. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, when it, when a lot of those characters do end up just being like. If they're if they're only or one of their only merits is they're good they're fun in a fight scene then it starts to drop hard when we're looking at characters with personalities yeah. you know
1: the, I mean I might have to hedge it a little bit because the, I forgot the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> oh the yeah Guardians of the Galaxy movies exist but that
0: that rounds out a, a good amount of your top yeah. I'm sure
1: but that's but other be, because it's really it's like Captain America. Baku, I guess. Like, Interesting. No, I guess um, it makes sense. How much of that's Winston Duke? I don't know, but he's probably I he's, a lot of it, my man. But yeah, or I, I guess like Killmonger would probably be be up there for me. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's pretty hard for me to come up with characters I like more than Luis. It's not. It's a pretty short li- I don't even think I like M'Baku more than Luis, to be honest. Like, I was just trying to think of top oh, okay, okay. MCU characters that aren't Guardians. Because, again, the Guardians, like you said, really right. aren't like a whole of list. Of course.
0: I, I feel like we maybe... We need to have a conversation between Luis and uh, Korg, and maybe a Luis... That'd Lo- be pretty good. A Luis and Groot conversation I, might be pretty
1: entertaining. I was gonna say, I mean, it's kind of, They've already... They do that joke kind of a lot with Groot, but it works every time. A <laughs> talkative so, character with Groot, yeah. I like the idea if Louise could learn to speak Groot again. Not that I want <laughs> oh, the yeah, Ant Man yeah. characters more connected to the larger universe, but Louise should be a stowaway on
0: the next Guardians ship when they visit Earth. Is what you're saying? I think that right. would
1: be. They should have kidnapped him instead of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That would be – he has Kevin Bacon in the back of the ship, and he's explaining where he fits in. He's like, so a friend's with an Avenger, but he's not really an Avenger anymore, but now he kind of is. It's like, so my friend Scotty
0: was doing this espionage stuff, right? And he goes all the way back.
1: Yeah, and also – okay, that's something I want to talk about. What is – this isn't really a problem with the movie because it doesn't matter because, again, it it understands that entertaining me is more important than the origin story, (laughs) What okay? So he has a master's degree, and he was doing like he know he. How does he know so much about crime, even though he was working a decent job up until he Robin Hooded all mm. the millions back? So was he a criminal before he was working a decent job too? Because there's a line where they're like every time the don't the going gets tough, you just revert back to, to crime. So apparently, like that's something that he's a pro- had a problem with before, even though he has a master's degree and a cushy job. Where obviously he had access to, or at least you know, hacking experience mm. enough to get access to the millions of dollars that they they stole from customers, and I don't I, know, I don't, and he knows about he knows about safes, like really a lot about <laughs> safes. Yeah, it it seems like
0: they have a specifically mysterious. Ocean, Scotty's Eleven-style past that... Yeah. Don't give any Disney execs ideas that we need another, like, prequel show or something, because they'll do it, and you know they will. And if they could commit to actually being a heist, maybe I'd care. What would he be heisting that wouldn't mess up the contained world of the first um, Ant-Man? It's like they're going to make him bump into every character
1: that he ends up doing movies with. That's true. That's very, very true. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, Forget there's, no, there's that. no
0: room. There's no wiggle room, sadly, but... Uh, and that's also very sad because Paul Rudd could just play his younger self if they did that, and there would be no CGI needed, and it would be perfect.
1: I think it's actually kind of funny because I think. I was thinking. I think Judy Greer is like the female Paul Rudd, where she has looked the same <laughs> for 30
0: years. And there they are together, making the ageless child that <laughs> ages so fast in this franchise.
1: <laughs> she does. Because. Honestly, I didn't, because I didn't see them very close together. Again, I saw them really when they were out in the theaters. Mm -hmm. She grows up a lot between the two movies, like, because she's so young in that first one.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, very much so. And And then obviously, you you know, time jump and all that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Ant-Man is, they're good. They're just good, and even the second one that's bad is good. Because when it came out, I was like, this is low-tier Marvel, and now I'm like, (laughs) This is kind of higher tier. This Marvel. is
0: mid-tier Marvel
1: at least. <laughs> at least mid-tier Marvel and isn't it crazy how fast things like that change? That <laughs> cuz it doesn't seem like that movie's that old, but it's like 5 years old now, right? Like Yeah, dude, it's
0: it's it's pretty old now. It's like I said, it probably would have gotten fully forgotten by the masses if not for the direct setup for Scott's role
1: in Endgame. But I also think that's that's the joy of it. The fact that it can't could be forgotten is actually one of its greatest strengths. Mm, mm. The fact that Ant Man is so often left out of the conversation by by diehard Marvel fans, good. Because like that shows that there's something else going on there. You know, there there's it's got its own world. It's got its own personality. I know I keep using that phrase.
0: No, but it's true. And that's why I'm silently shaking my head thinking again about how Quantumania is going to be probably not the last insanity that the Ant-Man specific movies are going to just have to do now that that they've broken that
1: damn. Well, actually, Seamus, they keep teasing in the trailer that Ant-Man's going to die, so maybe (laughs) Ant-Man dies. Could you imagine if they killed off Paul Rudd in this movie? I would go see it today. I'm excited for Ghost to be in thunderbolts is that something you're excited about
0: <laughs> maybe I, it hasn't even crossed my mind once that she might be in Quantumania. which is probably maybe the hook of their whole quantum research but like i never even once crossed my mind
1: oh yeah because at the end they're like we're getting quantum juice for yeah, yeah. miss girl to, to they, keep they lock on. her in
0: the snow white chamber to sleep it off and they're, <laughs> they're doing other things for so long between then
1: and Quantumania. Yeah, I wonder what, uh, I. oh, is that the hook of, is that the hook of, uh, that would be really sad and actually kind of compelling, actually, because, you know, the, her powers come from the thing that is painful mm. to her, that she's, d- 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 she's got that debilitating illness, essentially, that what if the snap happens, right, and... Ant-Man's gone for five years and there's no quantum anything and so her powers come back but at the... Like, she finally was free. And then the second, you know, the second the quantum realm's open and they're able to mine the stuff back and Mm. everything, Thanos snaps half of the world's population away and she is back to this awful pain that she's lived with for her entire life and so... And back under the government's thumb with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that...
0: I, I... Would love if they went that angle, because again, they haven't even talked about her in any movie. I guess Ant Man hasn't really been in many speaking parts of these movies or shows or anything in a while. But
1: hey, gone. they he would, they the, the whole gang was standing at Tony Stark's funeral because they, <laughs> if there's one thing I know about the about that family is how much they love the Starks. Yeah, the Pims and... and
0: the Starks—they've always been pretty tight knit. <laughs> They're yeah. Leads to one of my favorite stupid throwaways in Civil War, though, of like, Hank always told me never to trust the Stark. He's just like, I don't don't even know who you are, man. I don't know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah. I don't like Civil War, but I do like Ant-Man in Civil War. Yes. Yes. Ant-Man
0: is the shining diamond of Civil War.
1: He really is. He really is. And someday we'll probably talk about that movie on this podcast for some reason. And it'll
0: be pop culture reference Civil War because I think I like it a lot more than you do.
1: Yes, that's actually one of my least favorite Marvel movies, period, is Captain America Civil War. Don't want to spoil
0: anything for the, you know, 500 episodes from now when we get around to it, but. I like it less
1: when I see it again, if I'm being honest. But you know. that is the exact problem with Civil War. It's the first <laughs> time you watch it, you're like, dude, this is Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And well, it's like, you got to watch it with your parents. You're like, oh, boy, we're still doing this, huh? Ain't it like, long, huh?
0: When's the airport scene? The, <laughs> just watch the airport
1: scene on YouTube. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, There's no stakes in this movie because everybody's quippy? Okay, sure.
0: Hey, Rhodey gets paralyzed, dog. I don't know if you remember that. Rhodey should (laughs) die. He should die. He should have, but that's not in Cheadle's
1: contract. That's nothing against Don Cheadle, (laughs) but if they wanted to make that movie work, he should die.
0: Yeah, because he he gets his legs back
1: by the end
0: of the movie. It's
1: dumb. It's dumb. I don't know. Marvel's dumb. dumb This isn't the Civil War cast, Garrett. (laughs) It, Marvel is dumb, but Ant-Man is a shining beacon of hope <laughs> in the darkness of, of Marvel that, that it's been consumed, unfortunately, by, by the shroud that continues to cover this desolate cinematic wasteland.
0: Well, we'll see if our feelings change when we watch Quantumania and Ant-Man runs into Loki at the TVA, which is secretly in the quantum realm, and they uh, make it all have to connect. You know who would fit
1: really well in an Ant-Man is Owen Wilson from Loki.
0: I was going to say Eugene Cordero from Loki. Thank you very much. Him <laughs> and Luis really, together. That would be really good. He's recapping to Eugene Cordero the entire world because he has no they, memories of they it.
1: They have to do like a, like Ant-Man's in his quantum <laughs> shenanigans, alter the, the yes. space-time continuum, and they have to pull in everybody for questioning. And so it's Luis talking to Eugene Cordero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Real quick before we have to move on, but... It's it's like 30 Luises from 30 splintered timelines <laughs> yes. and they're trying to explain to each other what happened to each other when they got when and they, they got all have like in.
1: funny like one has one <laughs> arm and one has like a weird costume on Quick, and...
0: quickly cast Lady Louise and let's get the hell out of here.
1: Okay Lady Louise. Um, who's very who's very fast speaking fast speaking does she have I mean, she has to be Hispanic right?
0: Well I mean yeah I, I think so, right um and she has to be about that age i don't
1: this is a know. hard this question. is a hard
0: question yeah
1: because it's a very specific role but let's, you could just on. have you him know, in a wig i mean there's nothing against that, that i suppose that's pretty genuinely funny, funny. um <laughs> not that cross-dressing is inherently funny but just the idea just that the lady idea. louise looks exactly like
0: he's just doing his thing but it's just like he's just pitching his voice up manually a little higher there's no there's no audio effects
1: I guess that's just trans-Louise then, though, isn't it? Probably. I
0: guess maybe. Infinite timelines, Garrett. Anything's possible.
1: That's true. That's true. It's all true.
0: One of them shows up in an Ant-Man suit. One of them shows up holding Mjolnir that's, or that's something. Good.
1: That's really... I Louise is worthy, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. I feel like if anybody is, it would be him. I think this... We we didn't talk enough about Louise, and that's why we're <laughs> cramming this in at the end, is because this he really is the, is the best Luis part episode, of episode, dude.
0: We literally have been talking nonstop about Louise.
1: Uh, and we should have talked more about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's That it, that it's, crisp that good. punch,
0: that the Indiana Jones crisp punch he gets in that first movie, iconic.
1: Yeah. He whistles it's a small world, which is funny. <laughs> That's a funny joke. That was right after Disney bought Marvel, too, or like relatively oh. soon. Oh, after is that? Oh, yeah, Marvel. I guess that would have been. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, but anyway, before we go on another TVA Louise Tanchin, what do you say we kick it on over to the reference this week? Let's do it. Today's pop culture reference is the character John Munch. The character of John Munch is a police officer played by the late Richard Belzer. Munch originated on the NBC series Homicide, Life on the Street, on which he was a regular from its premiere in 1993 to its seventh and final season in 1999. When Homicide was cancelled, Belzer was offered to continue the role of Munch on the new Law & Order spin-off series, Special Victims Unit. Despite briefly returning to Baltimore for Homicide the movie, the TV movie which served as the show's finale, Munch was a main character on SVU for its first 15 seasons, regularly making cameo appearances even after his departure.
1: Munch has essentially become a recurring easter egg across media, with Belzer making additional appearances on the live-action series Law & Order, Arrested Development, The X-Files, The Beat, Law and Order Trial by Jury, The Wire, 30 Rock, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Belzer lent his voice to Munch on American Dad, the character was mentioned in the British detective series Luther and was played by Muppeteer David Ruddin on Sesame Street. I think he's also cameoed in a couple of comic books that I don't really know the full <laughs> backstory on. I'm sure Munch is in the Marvel uni- the Marvel Comics universe...
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I I always get a kick out of seeing him on when he does his 30 Rock and Kimmy Schmidt appearances cuz he's it's such a serious kind of character, <laughs> such serious long origins in the history in history of like crime and stuff. So, I I always like it when I see him on stuff like that or like uh like Sesame Street. Oh, of course, that's that's always v- funny.
1: I think it's so funny that he was just such an interesting character that multiple creators were just like, yeah, I... (laughs) Let's get Munch on here. Let's get just 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 throw. We got Munch this week. Oh hell yeah, we got a good episode. (laughs) Because it's it's one thing you know for Homicide, which is essentially the precursor to the Wire, and that he makes a cameo on the Wire. Like that makes sense, you know. But even the idea that they were like, "Hey, I know, I know, Homicide's getting canceled, but why don't we just why don't we just take Munch (laughs) and put him on our show?" That's (laughs) like honest to you. I love that
0: so much. That that is golden right there out of all of these I feel like the X-Files is an incredible idea to have roped into this universe and I want to see that really badly I, I guess he's like interrogating Mulder I think is what I read oh, it's really? like really that's awesome it's like he Mulder wakes up naked somewhere
1: and then he's like <laughs> being investigated <laughs> I, I don't know that's such a wild thing to me that I, I love well that's I mean it's really interesting because Munch is like famously into conspiracy theories so I feel like he's he and Mulder would get along really well oh, is that true? similar characters i yeah. didn't know
0: that that's great that makes complete sense now that's i mean that also it, it it tickles me that in the background of like an incredibly serious crime show it's like oh aliens and monsters maybe do definitely exist and they're doing things in the background of this universe that's that's the best
1: well that's another thing that we've lost to the supremacy of canon in the modern era is TV shows just used to be like, why don't we have Stewie on an episode of Bones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that, that's a real thing. That, that happens real? real. That's, that's 100% so funny. Real. <laughs> I could, I could see, I
0: could see Munch on Bones. That seems like a, it would be a, a exact crossover.
1: Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of things here that I'm kind of shocked he's not in, including more of the Law and Order spinoffs. Like, imagine him talking to Jeff Goldblum's character on Law and Order: Criminal Intent. I didn't know Jeff Goldblum was in Law and Order. If I'm being honest, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> and Vincent D'Onofrio. That's both. insane!
0: Oh my um, god, I didn't know anything intent. about. Yeah, that's
1: crazy! Oh my god, characters welcome. I remember when they started <laughs> to show that on USA Network, and I'd be like, "Damn, Jeff Goldblum's in this." <laughs> well, I, I do
0: know there's some weird crossover between the Thirty Rock verse because uh, Dennis Duffy isn't he like a detective or a lawyer in S- or SVU? Maybe,
1: but he's not playing Dennis well, Duffy. No, I know
0: that, but doesn't Munch make an character appearance
1: in the 30 rock verse. Well, yeah, I mean obvi- that's the other thing about again, the reign of canon is that it used to be, I mean, how many characters from Law and Order and Homicide probably crossed over like actor-wise? Oh,
0: probably Law a million? Law and Order
1: is known for having the same actors back multiple times to play completely different roles. Is that you know? true, too? Yeah, I, I apparently absolutely. know nothing about Law & Order. Oh, Law & Order is... I used to watch Law & Order a lot, like the original Law & Order, a lot mm. with my grandfather. And, I mean, I'm not a big cop procedural guy in general, but Law & Order... Law & Order is genuinely something special. It <laughs> really is. They've got that is.
0: formula down. They've got so many of them.
1: And they've got... It, well, they've got... The, that original Law & Order has such good characters, too. I mean, not that SVU doesn't, but SVU, I think, is so heavy that it's kind of oh, hard. That's why I
0: had to drop off that show. I was like, I'm going to watch it all from season one to the end, and I couldn't make it through the first season.
1: There are... Like, there really are great characters on SVU, but I just can't... But regular Law & Order, it, it has a good mix of things mm. going on, and it has... I mean. Jerry Orbach. I know we were talking about this before the show, (laughs) but one of the, like, (laughs) basically... Oh, okay, I uh, know. Never mind. I can't. We can't go down the Lawn order rabbit hole. Sometime we will marathon. You know, Munch should have been on Lost. That's um, that's going to be my last. <laughs> he should last have been plug. investigating
0: the smoke monster. Is,
1: is Munch? Munch? The, one of the characters on Lost should have had a hallucination that Munch was on the island with them.
0: He was giving them numbers to punch into a keypad. He's like, I don't know.
1: Try this one. And for the record, I know that obviously there are flashbacks to the mainland. In Lost, but no. Munch has to be on the island. The <laughs> he SC should have been there. on the
0: plane. I'm going to say it. He should have been the pilot of the plane.
1: C- canonically, Munch <laughs> dies in <laughs> Lost.
0: I can't believe it. Our plane crash killed Belzer. <laughs> Belzer, oh my god.
1: <laughs> like, Richard Belzer's on the plane, but like, they You see, it cuts... To, like, you know, somebody back on the mainland still watching lunch (laughs) on TV. And you're like, wait, how does that work? (laughs) Oh, I need to hear it from Hurley's mouth that he's gone. And then I'll believe it. But Seamus, why don't we go ahead and save the rec center? Let's do it. Save the rec center!
0: Now it's time to save the rec center where we give you our weekly recommendations. Garrett, what do you got this
1: week? I recently watched on Turner Classic Movies, a film that's been on my watch list for a few years, and I didn't really know what to go in expecting at all, but I've heard good things generally, and it is Sidney Lumet's 1982 comedy? Question <laughs> mark. Death Trap, starring Michael Caine, Diane Cannon, and Christopher Reeve, Superman himself. I've don't know this movie garrett i really knew nothing about it genuinely until i just you know like i had seen it before i i had put it on my watch list i was scrolling through tcm the other day looking for a movie to watch and it popped up and i was like this sounds like a good time and it's kind of a it's got it's not a who done it it's a who will do it Oh, it, it's a scenario where murder and hijinks are on the table and you've got to figure out who's going to do what and what's going to happen. That is a that's a fun idea for a movie to me. And, you know, what characters know what and what are characters true intentions and who's lying about what and it was it was a stage play first and it's clear clear that it's influenced by Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap i mean even in the name death trap that's clear but i like it so much more than any Agatha Christie stuff i i feel like every time we talk about murder mysteries on the show i'm like <laughs> But not Agatha Christie. Just to be clear, <laughs> not Agatha Christie. Orient Express is fine, but I I just had a great old time with this movie. I feel like it's a movie I don't hear talked about a lot, considering the fact that it has a really good cast and a really good director, acclaimed director. And I feel like right now this kind of meta genre bending murder mystery is so back right now. Obviously with things like Knives Out and Glass Onion and even Poker Face on mm. Peacock. Um, but and then there's <laughs> all of everything. Ryan the... Johnson is doing. Yeah, everything Ryan Johnson's doing, but then you have other things that are kind of derivatives of what Ryan Johnson is doing. You have only murders in the building and see how they run, and even like Amsterdam, which, you know, was a wet fart of a release that I didn't (laughs) see. But you have all this stuff that's in the zeitgeist right now, so I think it's worth going back and checking out some of this older stuff that is influenced by the same things that these newer detective stories are influenced by. And I feel like there's no way that at least some of this did not influence Knives Out. There's no way Ryan Johnson hasn't seen this movie because there are a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, just like Knives Out. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Including, it's a, the mystery playwrights house that's full of weapons from various stage productions oh, that have that, you know, just like Knives Out so, I don't know how long it's on turn of Classic Movies for, um, I'm sure you can find it on DVD at your local library, but it's worth your time, and I think you'd really enjoy it, Shameless
0: Yeah, I am always for some reason I always underestimate the complexity and the, the interesting things of the times of older mystery movies like that, that I may be a little desensitized to with more current mystery things that i'm i'm more involved in but they always delight me in how they can subvert my expectations and i think that sounds like a really fun time
1: but what do you have going on this week
0: i had a very fun time playing the co-op story adventure crime game a way out this last week with my my little brother he he decided that it was time he made me buy it on sale he was like we're we're sitting down we're playing this and it was it was delightful it's this small indie game based on everything is co-op, based trying to break out of prison with a friend and ultimately going on like a larger revenge quest that I did not think was going to be as big of a part as it was but the the game itself is pretty simple bare bones levels of like get the thing and don't have the guard notice but it really shines in the co-op gameplay when there's just like stupid little mini games around every level that you and whoever you're playing with can just waste 10 minutes button mashing trying to win like an arm wrestling match or you know trying to hit a baseball very far that the other one is pitching it's it, it can get really goofy and fun and just the and just the playing of it because you can just wander around and, and do whatever it's like ambiguously set in like a 20s shawshank style prison but it's also like maybe the 70s i don't know it's very <laughs> weird but you know it's it's exclusively co-op so you can't really play it alone or or with like a random person you have to have like somebody mm-hmm. you sit down with but it is super fun very well worth the you know, whatever $10 I paid for it since it is still a fairly small game but I highly recommend it and I would love to replay it with you Garrett when we can sit down it's uh, the rare sounds cu- great. it's the rare couch co-op split screen experience that that I, I very much miss in gaming so I, I'd like to, to sit down with you and do that one sometime
1: well that sounds like a great time to me You've definitely sold me, Seamus. It sounds like Portal Two co-op, but with even more of an excuse to screw around. Oh, so. at
0: one hundred percent, yes, that is exactly what it feels like. And uh, even playing online, the view is split screen with the other player's character. So, oh, it, so it
1: doesn't even matter if you're together yeah, it, or not. Exactly. So
0: it's it's just a very weirdly unique kind of co-op experience where you can like you're almost specifically encouraged to mess around, and you can like see what the other person's doing. And, and, you know, just get it, get into the weird shenanigans.
1: Well, well, once you've, you've taken enough time to kind of forget what's going on with the puzzles and stuff. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, you know how I, I just, I, I mean, the puzzles are point A to point B. They sure. are the, the easiest things on the planet. That's why I am highlighting so much of the screw around background stuff that you can do. It's yeah. I, I wouldn't have to say a word Garrett. You could do it with your eyes closed. I'm sure.
1: But you know that point where you get to where you've, like, it's been long enough since you've played Portal that you've forgotten all the solutions to the puzzles since you can go back <laughs> and play Portal again? That I do know exactly what you're I, talking about. Yeah, I just, I want to I wanna allow you to have a little bit of time to reset, <laughs> but I think once you're ready, I would love to sit down on, on the couch and, and play that through with you. Definitely, brother, let's do it. But that wraps us up for this week's episode of Pop Culture Reference. If you want to reach the show on social media, you can find us at PCR underscore podcast on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. You can like us on Facebook. Email us directly at popculturereferencepod at gmail.com. Please engage on whatever platform you're listening on. It really helps the show out. And next week, I can't believe it's already time, Seamus. The triumphant return of Mando Bros for oh, the Mandalorian yes. Season 3 finale. Or, no, premiere. Oh, holy premiere. crap, I premiere. gotta it's catch up. Premiere. Oh, no. <laughs> it's premiere. I'm sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> I was I was reading the In Two Weeks It's the Last of Us finale, which you and Whoops. I will have to be <laughs> catching up
0: on. Oh boy. Yep. I really gotta do that. Very much have to do that.
1: But I'm I'm very you know, in with one Pedro's Pascal show, out with the other, so is life. Like sands through an hourglass, so, <laughs> so are, are the, the days Pascals of our lives. Of our lives. <laughs> But but yeah, I'm excited ish
0: about that. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm ready for it, man. I'm I'm pretty pumped. I need I I need some good Star Wars in my life. I I guess I'm assuming that it'll be good Star
1: Wars, but I don't know, thi- man, man. I mean, has Mando really been good since that season two opener?
0: I liked his stuff in Book of Boba Fett. That's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's
1: true. I will defend his stuff in Book of Boba Fett. I think that that's the thing that's weird about it though. Is like I want that show and i don't get that show because they did it in the book of boba fett oh uh, like, yeah they're, sk- they're I skipping want... some beats I want listless, dark wielding Mando, and now it's just like, hey, we got. Don't worry, we got Baby Yoda back. Back to square one. So we're fine, and so we're. Don't worry, we're gonna go back. We're gonna see Carl Weathers. He's gonna be our friend. I'm <laughs> um, gonna <laughs> uh, be so
0: sad next week when we talk about the death of Carl Weathers. So uh, the, uh, uh, the, d- the death of Carl Weathers' character. That would be
1: crazy. I mean, it wouldn't be that crazy because who cares about grief carga? <laughs> but hey, you know what?
0: You know his name, buddy.
1: But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward, I guess, to I'm I'm hoping they can bring me back around on Mando. That's that's my big push right now. Well we will we will see next week, brother. Alright. Well, looking forward to it, Seamus. Adios amigos.